1: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Southern California Live. I'm your host, Scott Furrow. It's so good to be with you today in a brand new week right here on 99.5 KKLA in Los Angeles and surrounding areas, 1210 a.m. San Diego, FM 106.1. Great to be with you every single day from 3 to 5 right here on Southern California Live. You can join the conversation by giving me a call at 888-528-2557, 888 528 Two five five seven. You can remember that by just remembering Triple Eight LA Talks. You can also send me an email at SoCalLive at KKLA. dot com. Well, I hope you had a good weekend with whatever that you you did. I hope that you went to church, that you got out, and you did that. Looking at the uh, the news, I thought I had this question. You know, this it's such a funny thing because you you get up and you look at the news and you go, "What is driving the news today?" Sometimes it's obvious, you know, what kinds of things we need to talk about. Other times, you go, "There's so many serious things." We have a war in Ukraine, we have lots of turmoil in our country, but what is driving the news today? Once again, it's Elon Musk and uh, his purchase of Twitter, and I thought, you know, why? You know, here's why. Social media is just incredibly powerful. More than half of the world's population, did you know, is on social media now? 56% is on social media. And the average time any individual spends on social media is two hours, two and three quarters hours every day. That's global. I'll bet it's a lot more for Americans, okay? But that's that's global. That's people all over the world. You ever go on a mission trip to a uh, a country that's developing and they don't have a lot? But one of the things that I noticed, I've noticed in uh, in other countries where I'm in incredibly impoverished areas, I get five bars on my phone. I get great reception and I can do social media and I can do all... It's uh, It's an incredible thing that's going on in the world. It's very, very powerful. That's why I think the Elon Musk thing, even if you don't understand it or why or you don't care it's a big deal. Let me ask you this question. And I'll I'll explain a little bit of it and try to get us to to something for us to think about. Because I think for for Christians, we we need to have a sense. We need to have a sense of the times that we are in. Do we understand the times when David was putting together his armies in the Old Testament in 1st Chronicles chapter 12? It describes different groups from the different tribes that are joining the army, and sometimes it just says, you know, a bunch of guys with uh, skills, you know. And uh, but there's some of them that give something more specific. And the the men from Issachar, it says this about them: they're joining the army. These are people who understood the times and knew what Israel should do. And it's such an interesting description of a qualification for for people. And I, I thought about that. I thought, do we as believers, do we understand the times that we're looking at, that we're living in? Do we really understand these times? 888 528 is the number if you want to join our conversations, Southern California Live, eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. 528 do we understand the times? What year is the church living in? I have a consultant friend who does church consulting and that's how he gets, he gets a church together and he gets a congregation in a room and he looks at him and he goes, what, what year is it in this church? That's where we need to begin. What year is it? Which is a great question to ask. It's a great question to ask even for your company. If you're listening and you're wondering how your company's doing, are you aware of the times? What year is it? Military should ask that question. You know, what year do we live in? For us as believers, it's always a good question. What year are you living in? What year is your church living in? he was dealing with, uh, this consultant friend of mine was dealing with another church, and I said, how's it going over there? And he, he said this, he said, well, it's a bunch of people who are very caring, and they love the Lord, and they want to do the right thing. He said, but the entire church is covered in wood paneling everything's, he wasn't speaking literally. He was speaking metaphorically. What he was saying is that they're living in 1975. They haven't gotten past the 1970s and the whole wood paneling. Thing. Did you have wood paneling in your house? We had, a, we had a whole room, two rooms, big rooms. The house I grew up in, somebody put an add-on on it before we got there. And in the, the add-on rooms, it was this wood paneling all the way. And they were big rooms, kind of really uh, sizable rooms, wood paneling everywhere. And uh, I think people thought that was neat right i mean you used to wear those big wide collared uh, shirts and the zoot suits and the uh uh, the the what were they called bell-bottom jeans you know those bell bottoms they say they're coming back but go google people the way they dressed in the 70s that's never coming back that was like some kind of withdrawals from whatever we did in the 60s that was just wrong and uh we had those outfits on do we know what the times are and what year is the church living in. So that's why some of these things, like even social media, it matters because if you don't understand how incredibly powerful it is and how tied up even in our, our, our politics and a lot of discussions that we have, it is, we need to know that. And you know, the, the thing is is that the people that you're trying to reach the people in your relational world, the people that you want to make disciples of, if you're a believer, they're on social media, at least 2.7 hours a day on average, probably more than that. Uh, so we got to know about it. But you also have to be careful. Thing is, is it's really dangerous, right? It is something that um, I think is creating a lot of our, our difficulties. Um, and so I'm asking you this question, how are you doing with it? Uh, are you doing? How are you doing mentally with social media? Are you able to handle it or does it does it create a lot of problems for you personally? A lot of people suffer from comparisonitis because of it, and you get depressed, and you look at all your friends and you wish that you had their lives. It's called coveting, right? And we covet our neighbor's house and we covet our neighbor's uh, spouse sometimes. I think one out, of, uh, one out of three divorce filings in the United States have the term Facebook in it. That's a powerful thing right there. It's not that it's Facebook's fault, but that's, it's such a powerful connector of people that it is destroying marriages, because what happens is, is you start chatting with somebody who you used to go to high school with, might have been your high school flame, or somebody that you just sort of knew, and uh, suddenly you're having a relationship with that person that is more emotionally connected than the one you have with your spouse, and it's a huge problem, and it all goes down from there. How are you doing mentally with it? Do you get depressed because you're you're jealous or you struggle, or do you really focus on putting something out there that is maybe showing the world your life's a little better than uh, you think, at least as far or than you want people to know. Is it controlling you? or you know, Are you being duped? Can it be used for good? I think it can be used for good, but there's a lot of things that are causing a lot of trouble. Personally, I have a theory. This is just a uh, Scott Furrow theory, okay, that a lot of what's influencing the increase of mass shootings is social media. It's influencing the increase and in ongoing problem of divorce, a hookup culture. It's driving people to uh, the writing that we have seen and so much of the fake news, the reason that we don't understand a lot of stuff, the reason that we get really impassioned about things that ultimately are not true is partly because we've got our nose in the social media all day and we trust, we trust things that we hear from friends or people that we like. And we might distrust things from people that we just distrust, right? That's how uh, – what it is is this digital gossip. The, you know, the powerful thing about gossip, the reason it works – And by that, I mean the reason it tears things down, the reason it separates friends. uh, The Proverbs tells us that a gossip separates close friends. The reason for that is that you don't particularly listen to stories about people that's coming from people that you don't really know well or people that you don't trust. You know, if somebody tells you something bad about a friend of yours and you don't really know them and you don't, or maybe you do know them, you don't trust them, well, you don't really believe it. But when you hear it from somebody who you know well, you don't even question it. That's how gossip works. And by you, I mean all of us. That's that's what we have to defend ourselves you know, from with gossip. That's why it tears down close friends. You're not close friends with the person who's talking smack about your friends who you don't really know or don't really trust. You can discount that pretty easily. But pretty soon you're around somebody who's gossiping about somebody who's close to you. And then eventually you discover that that's not correct or what they've been saying is uh, malicious for some other reason that you didn't know about then you start to lose your close friends or you stop sharing stuff with somebody who's in your circle of friends who you know is a gossip, right? You just won't do it uh, because you're afraid they might share it with other people the way they share things with you about yourself. That's, that's how it works, okay? Social media, I think, has just caused that to explode everywhere. And I think that's why it can be a, a, a very bad thing, one of the many reasons. Now, like I said before, it's also a great connector of people, if you know how to use it right it can it can be a great news source actually for breaking news things happening live, Twitter, which is the one that's in the news, and it's different than all of the rest. It has to do with short little uh, text you can make them longer now they used to limit it. It's still limited, but you know two hundred forty characters most people don't read books that are that long, so it's it's a lot that you can put in there um for breaking news, it's the best you know people have their phones on it's live you can find out it's amazing. Uh, it gets worse over time because it's, you start to spread the things that are, that are not true. But if you, if you watch it, you can actually use it for really good communication. You can, um, have a direct connection with people that you otherwise wouldn't, um, people that you would have never heard from personally, except through their Twitter accounts. Some people get excited because they write a movie star or some famous person and that person directly gets back to them. It's an incredible, incredible thing. I've used it for. Uh, customer service help when I've had some problems with uh, different companies, I've used it recently. I told you all that, uh, cable, new cable, not cable news, cable, trying to get new cable at my house internet. And, uh, I got to tell you what, when I've gone to Twitter and tweeted about them or directly tweeted that account, it's amazing how fast they get back to you. It's because that has to do with their marketing and their public, uh, you know, the way they look in public and they don't want you going publicly and complaining. They got somebody who's sitting at a computer just waiting for, to help you. It's amazing. Uh, it's been I've been using it for that. Anyway, I think Twitter gets overly weighted because there's not that many people on it relative to the other ones. But as you know, and this is what's in the news. OK, Elon Musk attempted to buy Twitter and for forty four billion dollars. Do you have forty four billion dollars? Let me look in my wallet. I'm just, you know, nope, I I don't have that much. Uh, that's a lot of money. It's a lot of money to have and to spend it and not go broke like, that's not all he has. You know, most of us, we spend all we have on our car, on our house or something. That's like all we have. And we're counting to see if we can make it to the next pay period. And we're, you know, does this, can I really do this? For Elon Musk, he's like, yeah, you know what? I'll buy Twitter. It's only $44 billion. Anyway, so he goes on, he, he decides to buy it. It creates a media storm because there's so much power actually with Twitter. President Trump, of course, was known for mean tweets some of them were mean, and, uh, but a lot of the time what it was was it gave President Trump a way to bypass the media and just go right to people who were watching. He could just make a statement. Lots of people use it for that. Uh, I don't think President Biden uses it personally. He's got somebody doing that, but and they just kind of make statements. A lot of people do that. But President Trump and lots of other people were on there making – I think I think he was probably doing it himself. There's a lot of debate about that. But uh, I think he's probably doing it himself and just doing it really quickly. And sometimes he'd misspell words and use bad punctuation, and which is what people do on social media. And uh, sometimes they're just speaking to it, right? Do you ever speak to your to your phone or write an email where you're just saying it and then you say send it and uh, then you read it later and it doesn't say anything as you thought it was supposed to say? I've, I've had to apologize for a couple of things like like, why did it say that? That's not at all what I was going to say. Anyway, it, because of that, it became very controversial and very um, uh, very much in the news, and that's why it's in the news. So Musk has decided to pull out of his Twitter deal, and he's accusing Twitter of lying about the number of bots and spam accounts on the platform. Now, here's what I want you to know about that. That's, those are fake accounts. OK, and there's fake accounts on every social media platform that you are. Some of those fake accounts are there to uh, get you into buying some product. They're very crafty at uh, connecting you to, you know, eventually you're going to get a link saying, hey, you can buy this here or whatever it is. Some of those things are there to manipulate your opinion. A lot of political ones, they're there to manipulate your opinion. That's what the, uh, you know, and all that stuff when President Trump was accused of the the Russian connection and all that They couldn't show any connection of his campaign in Russia. But what they did show, which we've all ignored, is that Russia is trying to influence our elections. They are actually trying to do that. And they do that by stirring people up and dividing people with social media postings. All right. So my question for us is, are we aware of that? Are we aware of the actual dangers that are out there? Or do we just get sucked into whatever side we're on when it gets political do we get riled up by things that we see on there? Do, are we part of the riling? Hopefully not as believers. But that's why this is a big story, because it it there's a whole lot of politics. So what's happening is he's pulling out of the deal. The Twitter people are saying you can't do that, and they're going to sue him. Now, the Twitter people were against the deal, but now they've gone so far into it uh, that they need the deal to pass because they have to protect shareholders. And if Musk pulls out, probably the share price will tank. Musk is saying that you're lying about the number of fake accounts and you're lying because if you revealed how many fake accounts you have the stock price will tank. And that's one of the things that a board of directors is is responsible for, right? Is to protect the shareholder. And if the stock stock price tanks because they couldn't complete a deal that they voted for or they couldn't complete a deal because of fraud, uh they're they're in trouble. They might even have some personal trouble. So there's a lot of lawsuits coming on, including lawsuits that could happen to uh Trump. I thought What I want to do is maybe play a couple of clips of the way this is being spun in the media, because I also want you to see there's like a left and a right um, side to it. Okay, so this is uh, Charlie Gasparino on Fox talking about what it means for uh, Elon Musk and for Twitter. And he's coming from a standpoint of people on the right. I think you can be honest about that. Here's what he said. That this is a huge, huge story, because if Elon Musk is right, if Twitter, since its IPO in
0: 2013, has been lying about its bots, you know, those fake accounts that it's not it's not five percent or less. Uh, if, if they've been putting out public statements of that nature that are lies, man, that's called securities fraud. That means Jack Dorsey and all the other guys that are running that have her on Twitter can go to jail.
1: Yeah, see, it's a big deal. So that that's kind of the perspective from people on the right. Now I'm going to give you some perspective from people on the left. This is uh, uh, Kara Swisher on MSNBC.
0: Yeah, it's about the price. It's about the price dropping. I mean, he's going to do all he can. He's trying to make uh, what's the expression Uh, lemonade into lemons. He actually had a pretty interesting deal. The stock market tanked, which economies do that from time to time. Bad timing for him. Um, He did
1: that, by the way, is her dropping in there that Musk has legal problems, that the whole Twitter thing has nothing to do with Twitter. It has to do with him trying to hide why he wanted to sell some uh, stock from his other companies
0: he get to sell a lot of his Tesla shares at a quite a high price, which might have, some people think might've been one of the things he wanted to do anyway. Um, but no, just the bots thing is just ridiculous. It's just an excuse. He's, he really did it very well at the beginning and he's sort of screwed up since then. And so he's trying to sort of save face and hopefully not get sued too badly. Uh, maybe come to a settlement by haranguing them and things like that to show what kind of trouble he can make.
1: Now I'm playing you that because now we see that both sides have a political angle to whatever Elon Musk is doing, maybe we have no idea what he's doing, really. You know, on this and and but these comments are designed to fit whatever narrative you're watching MSNBC or Fox for. What I'm asking us to do is get ahead of that to realize, hey, there's manipulation going on all over the place. All right, there are narratives that are being pushed on us that uh, might not be true from either side, or maybe there's some truth from both sides sometimes. As believers, are we aware that this is going on? Do we pay that much attention? Here's what Elon Musk said about um, what he would like to see happen at Twitter. This was a leaked um, audio. There's a video that goes along with it. It was a a meeting with people who work employees. That would be people who work at Twitter. They're calling employees there. Okay, so uh, the people who work at Twitter, this is what he had to say to them about what he expects to happen this was before he decided to uh, remove his deal his offer
0: I think it's essential to have a, a free speech um, and for and to be able to communicate yeah, just communicate freely if there are mul- multiple opinions but you know and, and just make sure that we're not sort of uh, driving a narrative in order for uh, people to have trust in Twitter I think it's extremely important that there be transparency I think Twitter in terms of like serious issues, can be a lot better in informing, informing people about serious issues. How many times has have, have the media gotten it right? Well, I would say almost never. Not, not never, but almost never.
1: What he means is how often has the media got the narrative right? So often the narrative isn't right. I think for us, if we are going to be people who understand the times and know what we should do, we need to pay attention And maybe not worry as much about which side is right, especially when these are big things in the news. But to really think about how do we use social media for ourselves. You're listening to Southern California Live. The number is 888-528-2557. If you want to join the conversation, if you've got some thoughts about this, 888-528-2557. What I really want us to drive into, if we're going to drive our own narrative here on Southern California Live, here's the narrative. I want to drive this narrative that says, hey, we as believers need to use these tools effectively or not use them. Like, But if we're going to use them, which I would guess 90% of you are using them, all right, then let's use them being aware of how powerful they are, aware of all of the different things as much as we can where they are deceptive. There's deceptive advertising. There's deceptive people. That's one of the issues here. Is all are, is Twitter full of a bunch of fake people? If so, their value isn't what they're saying it is. Or is Elon Musk doing something deceptive by uh, this whole deal because he wanted to do something else personally? I don't know. Not really the point. The point here is how do we as believers use social media? How can we do it in a way that's positive? Because some of the things that people don't like about social media is that it gets pretty negative and it, it causes people to be deceived. And we need to be a, a group of people who people can turn to for the truth, and what happens to us, our testimony, our actual relationship with the people that we work with, the people that we go to school with, the people in our family? What happens to us when we're putting forward a bunch of stuff on our social media that maybe we feel is a sort of innocent but that it turns out to be false and we're pushing false narratives one way or the other or some narrative that is just you know pushing everybody over a cliff? How do we control that? How do we protect our testimony as believers with social media? What are some ways it can be used, or should we use it at all? Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. 528 2557 See, and this comes into, do we know what year it is? I think we have to contend with social media. At your church, the way that you go door-to-door now, you used to go door-to-door, hang, you know, maybe you still do, or you put out mailers and you mail things to people's homes, invite them to church. You put the little thing on the doorknob and it says, hey, come to church on Easter, Uh, Maybe you even go door to door and go knocking on their door and see what happens. But today, the way that you connect with people is on their phone because that's where their eyeballs are. That's where they live. 888-528-2557 is the number. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. And uh, when we come back, I want to give you a little bit of scripture to think about for how we can survive social media biblically, how we can use it. And uh, I'll also give you some other ideas about uh, how to just not be fooled by it. 888-528-2557 is the number. You're listening to Southern California Live, the Monday edition. We'll be right back. Don't go away. You're listening to SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5 KKLA. Welcome back to Southern California Live. Scott Furrow here with you today on this fine Monday afternoon. 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-528-2557. I got a question for you. Are you using social media for good? There's so many negative things about it. We're seeing in the news today all the fighting about Twitter and Elon Musk buying Twitter and not buying Twitter and the lawsuits in are go back and forth. I think that's going to last for a while. Are you using it for good? How do we as as Christians survive social media biblically. How do we not get hurt by it in the way that so many people are being hurt? But um, how are we using it for good? First Chronicles 1232, when David was building his army, a group of people from uh, Issachar, group of men, it says, from Issachar, men who understood the times and knew what Israel should do. And I think that's something that we should always ask ourselves. Do we know the times and know what we should do? We know what we should do. I think in many ways, generally, right? 1 Corinthians 10, verse 31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Do not cause anyone to stumble, whether Jews, Greeks, or the church of God, even as I try to please everyone in every way, for I am not seeking my own good, but the good of many so that they may be saved. That's a, that is a, a standard passage that we should have right, right? So whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, if we, if Paul were to write that today, I think it would say whether you eat or drink or post. I think he would add something there because the times that we're living in, whatever you do, you know, that's a great phrase there that I think is inspired by God, right? Because it covers posting, right? I think he would probably name it though. Whatever you eat or drink or whatever you post online or whatever you do is probably what it would say. Do it all for the glory of God. Do we use our social media for the glory of God? And I, I'm saying that you know for us out there really to challenge us this way what are some ways that you can do it that are good 8885282557 maybe you've seen an example of this that's good or maybe you have seen a good um example of it or maybe there are no good examples of it maybe it's just not you know i i i don't post too often i'm i'm thinking about how to use it as Uh, a good strategy and kind of gotten away from a lot of the personal stuff. I break things down. I got some like close friends and family that I'll post certain things to and send pictures of my kids. And it's a great communication tool for that. But otherwise, mostly what I do is silly. I put uh, today, I had one of these little lunch things, okay, that you buy at a coffee shop uh, because I drink coffee because it's the brew of the believer, right? And uh, so I'm having my coffee and It's, uh, I didn't bring a lunch today, and so I uh, get this little thing, and it has, it's this little package, and you have to peel off the top of this plastic container, (sighs) comes right off, and you have a little stack of these crackers, and a little stack of some meat, and a little stack of cheese in each different container. Now, you might be thinking it's one of those lunchable things, but it's not. This is for adults, And it's in fancy packaging and it says that it's healthy, right? And uh, it's some kind of gourmet cheese and gourmet crackers and it's some kind of gourmet round cookie cutter salami meat type of thing. And I thought to myself – that's not what this is. This is a Lunchable. This is the same things that you want as a little kid, and uh, the only reason it's in this packaging is because I won't buy it if it's in the Lunchable packaging because I'm in a coffee shop in public and I don't want to. I don't want anybody to see me eating a Lunchable. How lame is that? Even though they are pretty good, you know. And that's what it is. It's a grown-up Lunchable for grown-ups who don't want to be seen eating a Lunchable. But that is what it is. You know, the Lunchables are even better because it probably had an Oreo in it. This had no dessert. And I got robbed, and it probably cost twice as much because of that, honestly. What in the world was I talking about? Oh, how do we be right with ourselves, you know?
0: Repeat the line.
1: Yeah, let me get back to what we were talking about here. So uh, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Don't cause anyone to stumble. I'm hoping that – so what I did – oh, what I was talking about is I put took a picture of that, and I put it on my Instagram. And uh, it's unbelievable kind of feedback. You immediately get – on, you know, with a silly picture like that. And I I am strategic with it. Yes, I want it to be kind of funny, and I'm kind of making a point, but it also connects me with people, and you'd be surprised how often those things can kind of go around. And I do have the intention of not just being silly, but I can connect with people, and they get to know what I do, and uh, there's a ministry opportunity there. And I don't think it's offensive. I mean, maybe maybe I offended you if you're some lunchable loving person out there, but I don't think so. I think that uh, you know what I'm talking about. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. Instagram, by the way, is owned by Facebook. I, I can't even tell you how many people who've told me, I'm boycotting Facebook, so I just post on Instagram. It's the same thing. You know, uh, they're owned by the same people. Same thing all the way around. 888-528-2557. Let's go to um, Rujero, uh Rogero, Rogero in Woodland Hills. Did I get your name right, Rogero?
2: That's correct. Uh, thank you.
1: Thanks, you, Scott. Yeah. Hi, Rogero. How are you Gero. today? Hi.
2: Uh, I'm the guy that called some time ago with a washer, and I'm using it for water for recycling the water.
1: Oh, well, you, a few months ago we did a whole thing about how to save uh, how to save water.
2: Save save water. Correct. Yeah.
1: yeah. All right. How's it going for you? We don't have much water uh, coming from the sky these days.
2: No. My system works beautifully. Um, You know, I'm I'm following the rules and and I'm using, you know, less water because that system
1: that I made. Oh, very good. That was a that was a great topic. We should do that again. We did a topic a few months ago about how to save water, and you guys, including you, uh, Rugero. I'm sorry, Rugero. Rugero. Rugero had great ideas. Okay, so do you have social media? Do you have a do you have a social media account where you tell people how to save water?
2: uh i well i i do have social media yeah uh, i only have actually i only have actually facebook okay uh, i was one of the one of the first one i believe since 2006 yeah i think but social media yeah so that was a long time ago but um the idea is that when uh, when facebook's actually started um it was in a, in a university environment mm-hmm and it's and spread out uh, like, like oil through younger generation. Yeah. And, uh, and I think the idea should be that should stay in an environment like that. Because uh, when you have a 7 years old an 8 years old that they're already in social media, they have their own account, they can make another account, and they start talking in social media, uh, we need to consider the children that, that they need to be safe. Yeah. And there should be a certain rule to access social media when you are at that age, when you are so young like that.
1: Yeah, I don't know that there's any permanent rule. What the Most of the social media companies tell you you got to be 13, which I think is still too young.
2: It's still too young. I believe so. I believe that that's, that's where we should probably concentrate and the government should concentrate on that. Because there's a lot of things happening uh, because at a young age, yeah, uh, the, the, the lies and uh, the, the, the bullying, the studying in school. Uh, I have a daughter that, and, you know, I'm, I witnessed that. And uh, and that, you know, breaks my heart to, to see that, you know, at a young age, they are already involved in social media and make tricks and make this and that. So uh, we should concentrate in, uh, in the age cap for accessing social media.
1: All right, I think that's a that's a good thought. I think uh thank you for your call, uh Ruggiero uh Ruggiero, I think. Um you know, my kids are ten and thirteen, and the thirteen year old now is old enough outside of my household to have his own social media. And a ten year old would like to have my ten year old John had this little toy Um, notepad kind of thing. By the way, this is Southern California Live. If you want to call in and join the conversation, the number is 888-528-2557. Here's a good question for you. Do you let your kids use any social media? There's social media programs targeted now for kids. So it's under 13. So Facebook has one that's called Messenger Kids, I think is what it's called. And you can get online and chat with your friends. Um, I mean, is that Is that something that we should be afraid of, or is that the same thing as when we were kids and we got our friend's phone number and we called him up? 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. So anyway, John had this little – it's a toy, but it's like a toy iPad almost, and it's pretty cheap. Well, it has a recording feature on there and a camera. And he was doing all these videos, and he called it john.com. Don't go to that website. I don't know what's really there, but his name is John. And he'd say, I'm John from john.com. And he was like five years old doing this. And I'm not sitting around uh, making a bunch of videos. Where does he get this? Right, Somewhere there's, there's just powerful forces saying that this is what you want to do. And my kids, they don't watch cartoons. They watch other people play video games. Have you seen this on YouTube? Um, this is super popular with the kids, right? You watch other people playing Minecraft, and you watch other people playing the video games that are that are common. And a lot of it is targeted towards little kids. And those guys, by the way, if they're watching them, they're, the people making those videos—not every, but most people, ninety-nine point nine 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 percent—are making no money. But the people who are at the top of that list, on they're making huge money through the advertising, and they're making it because your kids watching it. And I'm like, don't, aren't there any cartoons? Can't we watch what happened to Bugs Bunny in that crowd, you know? And, um, nope, there is, I'm going to watch, uh, some guy named peanut butter play Minecraft. And that's what they watch. Is that, you know, how do we deal with this with our kids? Have you let your kids do social media? What is, how is that working for you? um we talked about the involvement of the government i don't think the government can get involved here really how does the government you know these these organizations what they do is they say we need your we need your birthday in order to let you access this my kids when they were like two years old knew that they could just put in a different year of birth and get access to anything every kid is smarter than we think does anybody think that that age thing is going to stop anybody from getting their own social media account no yeah okay the rule is 13 that's laughable that's just completely absurd. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. All right, so Christians, how do we do this and um, do it in a way that's helpful? You got to do it as unto the Lord. You really do. So, some things to think about when you're going to post something: uh, be slow to speak. All right, James chapter 119. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. We ought to paint that on our walls right there. Right right there. Take note of this. Send yourself a text. Put this on your social media. Everyone should be quick to listen. Everyone quick to listen, slow to speak, And slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Well, my anger is God's anger. Uh, No, it's probably not. Uh, That matters so much. Imagine how much more powerful we would be in using social media if we just followed that. If we were quick to listen so we know where other people are coming from also so we know if they're just full of it or maybe they're just fake or maybe that's just a political thing. I don't think anybody changes anybody's mind with their political postings on your social media. I mean, do you think so? That there might be there's – some, there's some places where some genuine conversation happens, right? But most of the time people are just forwarding things that make no sense and they just seem to sort of agree with it and I think maybe they they get little star points because – uh they they put something out there, hashtag I care so I'm okay, even though they didn't really do anything. That's out there. I don't think it works. Slow to speak, you know, how fast do we just go to the keyboard and type something out, some angry thing when something's happening in the news? That's there permanently, by the way. That's there forever. I heard somebody say that every single our country's in trouble because every single person right now is disqualified from becoming president because of something they posted online. And it's there forever. It's going to be called up. You did what when you were eight years old, when you were five years old and john.com and you posted that? Well, you can't have this job anymore. It's going to be there forever. What do you think we should do? Be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become become angry. All right, I'm going to continue this in when we get back. I'd love to hear your thoughts. 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. I'll be right back. Don't go away. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5
0: KKLA.
1: Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live, Scott Furrow with you. Number is 888-528-2557. We are talking about social media and uh, there's a lot of different things about it that are challenging. And as believers, how do we do it in a good way? One is to do everything as unto the Lord and that includes what you post. And I think one of the best Verses to keep in mind is James 1.19. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. There's another thing you could do in there. How about bless those who persecute you? Luke 6.28, Jesus says, bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. People get just, you know, you ever have somebody chew you out on social media? You know, especially if it's somebody you don't know. If you got something public and they just cuss you out for some reason you're like hey i don't even know you you know some people they just want to go right back at them oh yeah well <laughs> i think uh you know christians have got to we got to be more mature than that we can't be the ones doing that right let them be the idiot um and let other people absorb that and then you just love them. if they're gonna do that you know maybe you're doing that and and you just want to write some nasty stuff um gosh, you know, what's happening with you that you feel like you need to do that? I think part of blessing those people who curse you, it's because you can see past and go, well, what would cause you to do that? Like, why are you so angry? Or maybe you're just dealing with so much hurt. That's what a lot of people are, right, is they're dealing with so much hurt in their life that they just lash out and the social media is just, for whatever reason, and the anonymity, anonymity of your your house or your phone or wherever it is that you do your texting from, we won't go any further than that. That you just lash out at people. Sometimes people you don't know. Sometimes people you do know. How many people do you know that aren't even friends anymore because of social media? I know people. And they're like, well, we've had a falling out. Well, what happened? Well, it was some internet exchange. That It's not real good for that. You know, Everything you do on there, it's going to come back to you, by the way. And keep this in mind, too, with your social media, that things that you post on there, the people that are looking at it who don't click on it, who don't like it, who don't acknowledge it, they've seen it right the people who are your friends or people who are close to you in in life uh you know these things have algorithms that are designed to help people connect and so you might post something and somebody might see it depending on your settings that you wouldn't have any idea would see it but there's somebody that you work with who now know that you're you've got some problems because you put that out there it really matters I promise you the people in your relational world see what you post and they come to some conclusion about it. Do they come to the conclusion that this is a, a reasonable person who I could trust in a time of crisis, that I could trust with spiritual questions that I have, or is this somebody who is just way out there and uh, far off in the left or right or whatever kind of uh, place you want to live and I can't trust them? See, It matters. Um, in First Corinthians ten thirty one through 33. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. This is the context. Do not cause anyone to stumble, whether Jews, Greeks, or the church of God, even as I try to please everyone in every way, for I am not seeking my own good, but the good of many. And here's the why. So that they may be saved. That's what we're about. That is what we're about, Christians. We are not about convincing people to our political argument. We are about them getting saved. We are not about defending ourselves to dumb things people type on the Twitter machine. We want people to be saved. However you're leveraging it, your social media, do it about people being saved. And I think getting back to the kids thing, keep your kids out of it. It is there is it's so destructive. The bullying that's on there is terrible. And, I, you know, I mean, as an ad, adults have a hard time with it. There are adults right now. I know many of you are hurt because of what somebody said on your social media page, wherever it is. Or because you didn't get enough likes or you didn't get enough whatever it is, follows or you know whatever it is you're looking for. And there's so much mental anguish that people go through. And as an adult, it's hard to handle. How would, you, how would you handle it if you're 8 years old or 10 years old or 13? And what does that do to you when you've been engulfed in that kind of relationship from the time you're 8 and now you're, uh, you're 20 and you're angry and uh, you've got a weapon and you want to go do something. See, I think that has an awful lot to do with what we're dealing with. We've got people who've been dealing with something that human beings are not supposed to be dealing with mentally from the time of an early age. Just mean and nasty people in an environment that people have never seen. It's evil it's just sinful. 888 528 so My encouragement is uh, leverage it for, uh, for the sake of the gospel. And if you're going to have fun with it, I like, I like to have fun with it, you still leverage that for the sake of the gospel. That's how you do. That's why ultimately you do that. Not so that I can be a fun guy, but so that I can have good relationships with people so that when the time of challenge comes or the time when I'm asked to defend my faith or explain my faith, uh, I have credibility. Everybody needs to do that. I think that's part of making disciples, right? Our credibility as Christians, it matters. And our credibility is getting questioned a lot. And it's getting a lot often because of what we put online, because of what happens in, uh, in churches that now used to be a local story, now becomes a national story. And even though, you know, one church has a scandal with a pastor or a handful of churches have scandals, and there's thousands and thousands of churches out there, but it begins to feel like it's all the churches out there, and social media contributes to that. There are uh, people online who do some funny things on there. There's a guy on there who uh, who tries to draw this out, who tries to show that people just say things without thinking. So in the Elon Musk story, Elon Musk uh, posted something today uh it said, they said I couldn't buy, it's a picture, right, a meme, and it says, they said I couldn't buy Twitter, then they wouldn't disclose the bot info. Now they want to force me to buy Twitter in court, and now they have to disclose the bot info in court. That's probably true, right? Eventually, we're going to find out uh, one way or the other what's happening with Twitter. Well, there's a guy on on Twitter, and he has this uh, satire account. It's not real. And it's crazy, the stuff that he types. But you'd be you'd be amazed at how he gets responses. So he has kind of the, the same uh, – shtick the guy is a three-year letterman is what he calls himself so he's basically a guy who's pretending to be somebody who uh still is uh, reliving reliving the glory days of high school okay and that type of character and he writes back to elon musk he says bill gates didn't need to buy the computer because he literally invented it that's what great americans do just like when ben franklin invented electricity while president gerald ford invented the car before becoming now our greatest living president and he says elon musk invent don't buy so there's nothing in that paragraph that makes any sense. And, but he does that on purpose because then it draws out all these responses. Hey, electricity was literally discovered from ancient Greeks, somebody puts on there. And then he re- responds back, show me one example of someone in ancient Greece turning on a light bulb. And then you have this crazy <laughs> conversation that goes on. and All these people arguing uh, about with him about the absurdity of his comment, not knowing that it's absurd. See, that's, I think, something that we have to be, you know, in tune to. We all get fooled once in a while, but we need to be aware that there is so much deception out there, and as Christians, we've got to be the light. We can have fun, and, you know, I think that's okay. Use your social media for good. My thought is you keep your kids out of it, and maybe even for adults to get out. I got a friend, he got rid of all of it, and he said it was the best decision he ever made. He said, I didn't think I'd make it a month. He says, I've made it a year no social media. For him, that's been a good thing. Does it waste a lot of your time? That's another thing social media does for people, hours and hours and hours. Globally, 2.75 hours a day is the average. It's a lot more for Americans. How much time do you spend on it? Is it affecting your sleep, affecting your time with your family, affecting your time uh, doing other things that you really ought to be doing? Maybe you need to clean out the garage. I can understand why uh, you know, your social media would be a distraction from cleaning out your garage. I completely get that. You know, for me, watching a moth crawl up a drape is a distraction from me cleaning out the garage. I'd just rather not do that. But there is something that should be said about this. There is something that I think we need to be proactive about this. And that goes back to where we started today, that we need to be people who understand the times and know what to do. That's part of discipleship. That's part of being intentional about the mission that we've been given in our life that we should be aware of how the news works, aware of how these communications work and what kinds of deceptions are being put out there, how to use them for good, and you can. You know, some churches are doing a great job with reaching people on social media and connecting them, not just to invite them to church on Sunday, but to actually engage people in the spiritual conversation. You can find ways to do this in a really good way. So let me encourage you that way, and I'll just conclude by reminding you of this Uh, Whatever you drink, whatever you do, whatever you post, I'm adding that part, do it all for the glory of God. Do not cause anyone to stumble with what you post, whether Jews or Greeks or the church of God. That's everybody, by the way, included in that. Even as I try to please everyone in every way, for I'm not seeking my own good, but the good of many so that they can be saved. That's, That's who we are. That's to the glory of God. That's what we do. That's what uh, the church is meant to be. And we live in a world that needs saving, if you haven't noticed. We live in a world that uh, knows, I think, that it needs to change. It knows that it needs to be penitent. But instead of finding the living God and and kneeling that direction, we're just burning everything down. And that's not going to work. And at the end, in the rubble, the church is still going to stand. The gates of hell will not prevail. And I just want to encourage you with that, that these, all these things and this new world that we live in in 2022, pretty soon 2023, the church isn't going away. It's going to change. What we have to do is live in the world that we are living in now. We have to understand the times and know what we should do. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. And when we get back, we will talk about whether or not you'll be wearing a mask pretty soon, some coronavirus updates, some updates on new titles for Russian leaders, and uh, lots of things like that. We'll be back for hour number two in just a moment. This is Southern California Live. Don't go away.